just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hopefully your day is going well. It's Wednesday, hump day as they say. We're getting through the mid part of the week. Yesterday was the actual first day of the week because Monday, of course, was Labor Day. A couple of things I want to mention before we get started here. You know how I went on TikTok and how I came here on podcast and said, please, Give me one Trumplefuck to talk to, to debate on the podcast. They always want to debate me on TikTok, but unfortunately they have TikTok Big Brother ready to take down a video when these Trumplefucks get butthurt and feel they can't deal with the facts. They go running to Big Brother TikTok. So I said, look, If you want to debate me, if you want to school me, if you want to teach me a few things, we can do that, but we can do that on my podcast because there is no big brother on my podcast. I get to pick and choose what's on the podcast, and I'm not going to take it down regardless of what happens. So if you school me, I'm going to promote the fact that you're going to be on this podcast, so I can't very well not run it. People will be expecting to hear it. And in all that time, not a single Trumplefuck has stepped up. I've had a couple of people said, I know somebody that you could talk to, but they haven't come through either. And I'm certain that it's going to be almost impossible to get a Trumplefuck to step up and be on the show. Except <laughs> I might have a possibility. I might have a possibility. There is this younger gentleman I don't even know what his age is, but he's considerably younger than I am. He worked at a radio station I worked at, my last radio station, and he was more of a student than an actual professional staff. I was older. I was a professional staff. He was more of a student, intern, or what have you. And um, he ends up being this crazed Trumplefuck. Now, in my previous Facebook page, the one that's my personal page, he was constantly jumping in talking about Donald Trump and all the Trumplefuck ideology. And eventually I got tired of it. Eventually I got tired of it. So I started to call him out. And I said, you know, we should debate about this. Now at that time he had a podcast prior to my podcast. And he says, well, why don't you just come on my podcast? I said, sure. Yeah, I'll come on your podcast, but you have to promise me something. We will record the podcast and you play it in its entirety. No editing, no bullshit. Now, I can't verify what you're going to do, but I'll know when I hear it. So you've got to commit to that. And he does. And so we go through the process here and get it figured out. And then, of course, on the day that we were supposed to do this debate on his podcast, Oh, there were technical difficulties. We couldn't get it done. He said, I'll get it fixed and I'll contact you later. Well, of course, later never came. And he kept ranting and raving on my Facebook page to the point where I just blocked him because he was worthless to me. So anyway, I have the Rational Boomer podcast now or the Rational Boomer Facebook page And somehow he found that. So what he did was he came on that page, saw whatever I was talking about in a TikTok that I put on the Facebook. He says, oh, that's funny. I talked about that same thing in my podcast and then put a link in there. You see what he's doing. He's apparently having trouble getting listeners. So he thought he'd come on my page and and offer up this link and maybe get some more listeners, which is absolutely ridiculous because he's a Trump humper and nobody on the Facebook page uh, buys into that bullshit. Nobody's going to listen to that shit. And I said as much on the Facebook page. I said, look, man, nobody cares around here. You're clearly a Trump humper. You backed out of a debate that we had set up at one time. You're really pointless to me here. So anyway, we got talking a little bit more. I didn't block him this time. 
And I said, you know, if you really feel brave, I have my own podcast now. Why don't you come on my podcast? I've got listeners coming on all the time. I've got Ed, who this kid actually knows as well as he knows me. He says, you have Ed on the show? I said, from time to time he's on the show. You can come on with both Ed and I. It'll be like old home week. (laughs) I'm trying to get this guy to come on. Now, he says he will come on, but he says, I have to be on his podcast, too. I said, no problem. I'd be happy to embarrass you twice. (laughs) You have to understand about this kid. He is a younger guy. He's not quite as uh, accomplished in in the broadcast business as he likes to think. I've listened to pieces of his show, and uh, it's hard for me to listen to, not only because of the fact that uh, he's a Trump humper, but because the show is kind of plotting. But, you know, that's my personal opinion. It doesn't matter. I'll even give you a link to listen to it after we do this debate. But he's got to do the debate first. I want to have him on the show and we'll discuss certain things. And he says, he says to me, well, maybe you should listen to a couple of my shows before we talk. I said, oh, no, no, no. I know everything I need to know about you based on the previous Facebook situation, the fact that you're a Trump humper. I know all the rhetoric that you guys spew, so I don't even need to listen to your podcast. And frankly, I got better use of my time. I said, you just come on and we'll have a conversation. So I don't know if he's pondering this or he's agreed to it. I said, I've got to do it either Thursday and Friday. If we do it Friday, then Ed could be on the show too. And I'm almost thinking he maybe should just be on the show with me because if he's got to go up against me and Ed, that's just not going to be fair. Frankly, when he comes on with me, it's not going to be fair, but at least it's mano o mano. <laughs> so I got my fingers crossed that this kid will actually come through this time. I'm not absolutely confident that he will because I have yet to have one Trump LaFuck step up and actually sit down and want to talk because I'd really like to pick their brain. I hear their comments and I want to give them an alternate look at what they're thinking because clearly they don't know the facts or the truth and I'll try to enlighten them. And when I do that, we'll see how they react. So anyway, I'm working on it. We'll see if he comes through. The fact of the matter is he's probably listening to this podcast right now, and maybe he's butthurt because I'm not uh, uh, not being respectful. Well, I'm sorry. I'm not going to be respectful to a fucking Trump humper. You tried to overthrow this country, and uh, you're not entitled to any respect. But I will give you a chance to talk, and I will counter whatever you say. And then you're going to have the opportunity to counter my counter, and we'll see where that goes. So we'll keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully this kid will come through. I don't know, really, but I'm hoping. All right, when we're talking about these documents that Donald Trump stole and this whole new thing where this this fake judge decides we need a special master, you would think we'd heard all the crazy shit you could possibly hear. I mean, he's got top-secret, top-secret SEI documents that he stole from the White House, brought to Mar-a-Lago, lied to the DOJ about having them, and then had these these documents that no one should have outside of a secured area, a skiff. I don't know what more you have to do to uh, put a guy like this in cuffs and put him in jail, but he's still running free and running his mouth. Now, you would think, what could possibly be worse than that? I mean, That's crazy in its own right. That's unprecedented. How could we find something that would be crazier? Well, there is some crazier shit. Apparently, material on foreign nations' nuclear capabilities were seized at Trump's Mar-a-Lago home. These are nuclear capabilities and information for other countries, foreign countries. They might be adversarial, they might be enemy, they might be allies. But this is interesting and kind of explains something too. Remember before the search of Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago home? We kept hearing about how Merrick Garland was going to different countries around the world and everybody was wondering, why, why the hell is he doing that? 
Well, clearly now we know he was given a heads up to a bunch of other countries that might be exposed in this theft by Donald Trump. And he's trying to smooth things over, or at least give them information to be prepared for what might to come might be to come. Now, information about foreign nations' nuclear capabilities, this is something that could cause a war. So this is far and away even worse than the things we knew about. A document describing a foreign government's military defenses, including its nuclear capabilities, was found by FBI agents who searched former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago residence and private club last month, according to the people familiar with the matter underscoring concerns among the U.S. intelligence officials about classified material stashed in the Florida property. Now, the question is, why are we just hearing about this now? Well, that's an interesting question. Why would we just hear about it now? If you notice, when they wanted to see the search warrant, it came out, did not spell good news for Donald Trump. They wanted the affidavit put out, so they did it. Not good news for Donald Trump. When they were talking about even um, going after the special master, more information came out. So now this judge comes back and says, yeah, we'll have a special master. And then this comes out. This is Merrick Garland pissed off. He's leaking information and basically rubbing this judge's face in it. The audacity of being worried about risking Donald Trump's reputation. That's why she wants the special master. She said, what could it hurt? Well, what could it hurt? It could hurt the security of this country and other countries the longer this thing drags out. So the idea that you were going to slow this down for the sake of Donald Trump's reputation, Jesus Christ, he doesn't even have a good reputation anymore. He's clearly a criminal. He's clearly a treasonist. He's clearly a liar. He's clearly an insurrectionist. I mean, how much more could you ruin this guy's fucking reputation? Now, some of the seized documents detail top-secret U.S. operations so closely guarded that many senior national security officials are kept in the dark about them. The FBI agents and some of the administration and some of the prosecutors that went out there, they're not even allowed to look at them. Only the president, some members of his cabinet or near-cabinet-level official could authorize the government officials to know details of these special uh, access programs, according to people familiar with the search, who spoke on the condition of anonymity to describe sensitive details of an ongoing investigation. So this is some pretty serious shit, some pretty fucked up shit. Documents about such highly classified operations require special clearances on a need-to-know basis, not just top-secret clearance. Some special access to programs can have as few as a couple of dozen government personnel authorized to know of an operation's existence. Records that deal with such programs are kept under lock and key. Well, until they're brought down to Mar-a-Lago. Almost always in secure compartmented information facility with a designated control officer to keep careful tabs on the location. So the question still is, how did he get his hands on them? And then how did he get them out of the White House? But such documents were stored at Mar-a-Lago with uncertain uncertain security more than 18 months after Trump left the White House, not to mention the access he had the previous four years. After months of trying, according to government court filings, the FBI has recovered more than 300 classified documents from Mar-a-Lago this year, 184 in a set of 15 boxes sent to the National Archives and Records Administration in January, 38 more handed over by Trump lawyer to investigators in June, and more than 100 additional documents unearthed in a court-approved search on August 8th. It was in the last batch of government secrets, the people familiar with the matter said that the information about foreign government nuclear defense readiness was found. These people did not identify the foreign government in question uh, or say where in Mar-a-Lago the document was found or offer additional details about one of the Justice Department's most sensitive national security investigations. 
Christopher Keese, a lawyer for Trump, decried leaks about the case, which he said continue with no respect for process nor any regard for the real truth. This is this does not serve well the interest of judges justice. So what this guy is saying is we committed horrific crimes and how dare you let people know about it? Well, Christopher Keese, I will tell you, we will all know about everything before this is over and done. And people like you and people like your boss, Donald Trump, will be the victims of the most voracious, voracious cancel culture you can imagine. And you'll probably do some fucking jail time on top of it. Moreover, the damage to public confidence in the integrity of the system simply cannot be underestimated. The responsible course of action here would be for someone, anyone in the government, to exercise leadership and control. The court has provided a sensible path forward, which does not include the selective leak of unverifiable and misleading information. Oh, no, now they're saying that the FBI is lying. I don't think they're lying. There is no reason to deviate from the path if the goal is, as it should be, to find a rational solution to document storage issues which have needlessly spiraled out of control. Document storage issues. Marco Rubio said something like that, too. Oh, it's just a document storage issue. No, it's not. These are top-secret documents that are meant to stay in a secured area. Donald Trump took them, stole them, and brought them home and put them in a fucking basement in his desk drawers in his office. You can't spin that. You can't soften that. It's what happened, and that is illegal. The Office of the Director of National Intelligence is conducting a risk assessment to determine how much potential harm was posed by the removal from government custody of hundreds of classified documents. And I got to tell you, that fucking assessment is going to be frightening when we finally find out how much damage was done. And I think the DOJ and the FBI and Merrick Garland know a lot of that, if not all of it, already. The Washington Post previously reported that the FBI agents who searched Trump's home were looking in part for any classified documents relating to nuclear weapons. After the story published, Trump compared it on social media to a host of previous government investigations into his conduct. Nuclear weapons issue is a hoax, just like the Russia Russia was a hoax. Two impeachments were a hoax. The Mueller investigation was a hoax and much more. Same sleazy people involved, he wrote, going on to suggest that the FBI agents might have planted evidence against him. (laughs) You declassified them, but they planted them. See, Donald Trump has trouble keeping his story together. Donald Trump is not a smart man. He's not an articulate man. And he's digging himself a hole deeper and deeper every fucking day. Now, a grand jury subpoena issued May 11th demanded the return of all documents or writings in the custody or control of Donald J. Trump and or the office of Donald J. Trump bearing classification markings, including top secret and lesser categories of secret and confidential. The subpoena issued to Trump's custodian of records then listed more than two dozen subclassifications of documents, including SFRD and Ackerman an acronym for formally restricted data, which is reserved for information that relates primarily to military use of nuclear weapons. Despite the formally in the title, the term does not mean the information is no longer classified. One person familiar with a Mar-a-Lago search said the goal of the comprehensive list was to ensure recovery of all classified records on the property and not just those that investigators had reason to believe might be there. Now, keep in mind, while he has this stuff all there, the FBI says, hey, we want all the stuff. And he says, oh, I don't have any more. There's no more here. So he lies to the FBI. Now, investigators grew alarmed, according to one person familiar with the search, as they began to review documents retrieved from the club's storage closet. 
the storage fucking closet, Trump's residence, and in his office. And that was in August. The team soon came upon records that are extremely restricted, so much so that even some of the senior most national security officials in the Biden administration weren't authorized to review them. One government filing alluded to this information when it noted that the counterintelligent FBI agents and prosecutors investigating the Mar-a-Lago documents were not authorized at first to review some of the material that was seized. You see what the DOJ and Merrick Garland is doing here. They're not happy about this special master. There is no need for the special master. All it is there to do is delay the whole process, which is what Donald Trump wants to do. And because this judge was appointed by Donald Trump and she's part of the Federalist Society, she's a fucking nutcase. She's unqualified to be a judge. So she's catering to Donald Trump and giving him his delay. Now, even if they do delay it, that doesn't mean Donald Trump isn't going to pay the price. He certainly is, especially now that we know this new information. And you know the DOJ said, all right, motherfucker, you want to do this? You want to play this game? We're going to let a little more out. And it's going to make Donald Trump look bad. It's going to make the Trump administration look bad. And more importantly, it's going to make this judge look worse than she already looks. I have a feeling that this judge is going to <laughs> go through some, some things, as Donald Trump would say. She's bringing problems on her that she can't even fucking imagine. I mean, there are a lot of things you can do and get away with. Clearly, Donald Trump has done that. But when it comes to threatening the national security and the national security of other countries, oh, that's a problem. I'm curious as to which country that he had these documents, what, what country it was about. Because if it's the wrong country, say Russia or somebody like that, they don't take too kindly to this shit. And I got to tell you, um, I don't think Russia is all that worried about due process. If they think something like this happened, God knows what they may do. If I'm Donald Trump, I'd be very fucking nervous right now. Among the 100-plus classified documents taken in August, some were marked HCS, a category of highly classified government information that refers to HUMINT control systems, which are systems used to protect intelligence gathered from secret human sources, according to a court filing. A partially unsealed affidavit said, Documents found in boxes that were sent to the National Archives in January related to Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. There was also material that was never meant to be shared with foreign nations. And that, of course, is talking about foreign assets, spies. These are people working for the United States of America that might be in Russia, might be in Saudi Arabia, might be in North Korea. They could be in France and England, for that matter. Who knows? But by exposing who those people are, that could cause some deaths. And as we know, Donald Trump had an affinity for the list of all the spies. He had secret meetings with Vladimir Putin, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Kim Jong-un, and others. He had this whole Helsinki thing where he had the meeting with Vladimir Putin. And surprise, surprise, the CIA announces that there is an inordinate amount of spies that have been killed. The depth of what Donald Trump may have done here is unprecedented. We're not even talking about presidents anymore. We're talking about any human that's ever lived in the United States has never been this traitorous. Never, ever. And this isn't going to wear well on Donald Trump, whether he gets a special master or not. This gentleman is fucked no matter which way he turns. There is no getting out of this. The investigation into possible mishandling of classified information as well as a possible hiding, tampering, or destruction of government records grew even more complex Monday when a federal judge in Florida granted the request for the special master to review the material seized in August 8th. 
So U.S. District Court Judge Aileen Cannon ruled the special master also will sift through all of the nearly 13,000 documents and items the FBI took to identify any that might be protected by attorney-client privilege, even though Justice Department lawyers have said a filter team has already completed that task. Cannon's ruling could slow down and complicate the government's criminal probe, particularly if the Justice Department decides to appeal over unsettled and tricky questions of what executive privilege a former president may have. We know he has none. The judge ruled that investigators cannot use the seized material in their investigation until the special master concludes his or her examination. Now, they're supposed to be coming up with lists, both Donald Trump's side and the DOJ list of possible special masters. And they're going to have to come to some agreement on who that will be, which probably won't happen because they can agree. Of course, Donald Trump's side will want some Trump-humping piece of shit, and the DOJ will say, no, 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 that's not going to happen, and vice versa. A special master is yet to be appointed. Cannon has asked Trump and the justice to agree on a list of qualified candidates by Friday. Legal experts noted that the Justice Department can still interview witnesses, use other evidence, and present information to a grand jury while the special master examines the seized material. There's more to this whole case than what was seized. In her order, Cannon said the appointment of a special master was necessary to ensure at least the appearance of fairness and integrity under the extraordinary circumstances presented. But this judge is concerned about Donald Trump's reputation. That's why she's doing this, which is ironic. She's giving precedence to Donald Trump's reputation, which he doesn't have a good reputation anyway, over the national security of this country. It's fucking unbelievable. As I said, she's going to be going through some things. This is going to be a rough patch for her. She also reasoned that a special master could mitigate potential harm to Trump by way of improper disclosure of sensitive information to the public, suggesting that knowledge or details of the case were harmful to the former president and could be lessened by inserting a special master into the document review process. We are worried about the reputation of a gentleman who, by any sense, should already be in fucking jail. That's ridiculous. Keis, the Trump lawyer, cited that part of the judge's reasoning Tuesday night, saying the damage to public confidence in the integrity of the system simply cannot be underestimated. No. No, it can't. And I would say the public's confidence might be shaken a bit when they find out a former president takes top secret documents, exposing foreign assets, delivering information to adversarial countries, and now having nuclear information about foreign countries. Yeah, that could shake people's confidence. The fact that the DOJ wants to look into it and try to stop it that is an attempt to regain confidence. He said the special master appointed by the court provides a sensible path forward, which does not include the selective leak or of unverifiable and misleading information. Trust me, this shit will be verified and you will all have egg on your face. And that is the very least you can hope for, because this is going to go badly for anybody tied to Donald Trump. There is no way out of this at all. He did what he did. It's highly illegal. It's highly dangerous to the security of this country and other countries and foreign assets. <laughs> There's no way to smooth this out. There's no way to divert, distract. There's no way to do that. Merrick Garland is a very smart man. This judge, she's only been on the bench two years and she wasn't qualified when she was appointed. I guarantee you Merrick Garland is far smarter than this fucking judge. Merrick Garland himself was a judge. So I'm sure he's got some plans. And this first leak of this most sensitive, top secret information that we now know that Donald Trump had is just the start. As I say, I'll say it for a third time. This judge is going to go through some fucking things.
and she deserves it. I don't know if she can be impeached or whatever, but she is going to have some problems, and it's not going to go well for her. All right, let's take a quick break, and we will be right back. All right, before we get into this next story, I I need to say happy birthday to my oldest son. He uh, was born on September 7th, which is today, 35 years ago. He's hit that big milestone of 35 years of age. Now, I don't even really know why I mention it here, because I know he doesn't listen to the podcast. But just in case he did, I will mention it. Happy birthday to him. Uh, One of the greatest things that uh, my oldest son has done is he's the father of my most favorite family member, my two-and-a-half-year-old granddaughter. But he's 35 now. He's all grown up, as they say. He's got a wife and kids, and uh, he's doing well. So happy birthday to him. Let's get back into the news. And this is an interesting story, and this might confuse you a little bit unless you pay close attention. Former Attorney General William Barr said Tuesday that a federal judge order to appoint a special master to review classified and top-secret documents that were allegedly kept at former President Trump's Florida residence was deeply flawed, a deeply flawed decision. That's right. Donald Trump's boy has said that call was bullshit. Barr told Fox News host Martha McCallum that he doesn't believe the special master ruling will change the Department of Justice's case against Trump. The opinion was wrong, and I think the government should appeal it, Barr said, noting that the process could take several months to resolve. It's deeply flawed in a number of ways. I don't think the appointment of a special master is going to hold up, but even if it does, I don't see it fundamentally changing the trajectory of this case. Old William Barr trying to rehabilitate his image. Sorry, William, you spent four years or two years or whatever it was you were in there uh, fucking over this country. You're not going to get a pass on that. Barr served as Trump's attorney general until December 2020. He resigned from the administration and has since caught the former president's ire after stating that there was no substantial evidence that the 2020 election was fraudulent. U.S. District Judge Aileen Cannon, Trump appointee, of course, asked for the special master. Now, William Barr is speaking against it. Now, a lot of Trump allies have hailed the judge's order for the special master as a win. Well, you might as well, because you haven't gotten many wins lately, and this win really doesn't amount to much. It doesn't change the fact that Donald Trump is a traitor. The DOJ is investigating whether Trump violated the Espionage Act, and clearly he has. The DOJ argued that a special master appointment was unnecessary because they did the filter team and all that stuff. Yeah. Well, the fact is that... uh, It's all bullshit, and even Donald Trump's greatest protector, William Barr, agrees. Even if they can technically make the case, there's another step, which is prudently, do they want to do it? He said, I hope they don't do it. Trump has decried the FBI's search of his Florida property as political and demanded the materials be returned to him. That's that's the most hysterical thing there is. Not only is he saying there's nothing to see here, or you planted it, or I declassified it. He says, yeah, but I want all that shit back. (laughs) Like that's going to happen. Sorry. Barr said Trump cannot use executive privilege as a former president to keep the materials and prevent the DOJ from reviewing them. It's something I've said all along. Executive privilege is only something that can be asserted by a sitting president. And as much as the trump think he's still president, he's not. He's sitting in Mar-a-Lago or in New Jersey in a dirty diaper, whining and crying because he's getting more cornered every day. He's fucking done. Can the president bar DOJ from reviewing the documents? Barr said the answer to that, I think, is clearly no especially since they've probably already done that. Oh, yeah, I stole this stuff, but don't look at it. Yeah, don't look at it. 
You know, they've looked at it. They're fucking leaking information just to make you look stupid. Sorry, Donald, you waited almost three and a half, four weeks before you asked for the special master. So any delays or any obstruction you wanted to put in it in its place uh, didn't work, which is common for Donald Trump. Failure after failure after failure and all his little acolytes and trump fall right into the failure and think they can change it by saying, that's not a failure, that's a win. No, sorry, failures are failures, and all of you that follow Donald Trump are fucking failures. Speaking of failures, <laughs> it's another one that might you might not quite grasp at first because it's going to be a little confusing. Former Donald Trump chief strategist is making arrangements to turn himself in, according to a reported published uh, uh, in the Washington Post, something published in the Washington Post. Now, get this. Stephen K. Bannon is expected to surrender to state prosecutors on Thursday to face a new criminal indictment. The key word there is new. We know he was indicted and convicted of uh, not complying with a subpoena. This is an entirely different thing. People familiar with the matter said weeks after he was convicted of contempt of Congress and nearly two years after he received a federal pardon from President Donald Trump in a federal fraud case, the newspaper reported the precise details of the state case could not be confirmed Tuesday evening. But people familiar with the situation speaking on the condition of anonymity to discuss a sealed indictment suggested the prosecution will likely mirror aspects of the federal case in which Bannon was pardoned. Okay, (laughs) this maybe needs some explanation. We know he was indicted and convicted of not complying with a subpoena. That's a done deal. That's already happened. We know that he was indicted and put in prison for a federal case regarding the same topic that I'm going to be talking about here in a minute. He was pardoned from that. But that doesn't mean he's still not culpable in this situation, because that pardon is only for federal crimes. Now what he's facing, now what he's going to have to turn himself over is a state crime for the very thing that he was pardoned for by Donald Trump. The case involved the We Build the Wall private fundraising effort after Trump failed in his campaign, promised to have Mexico build the wall. Now, the Manhattan District Attorney's Office, which handles state-level prosecutions, has been evaluating Bannon's alleged involvement in that scheme since shortly after Trump pardoned him. The Washington Post reported in February 20 of 21. Presidential pardons only apply to federal charges and cannot prohibit state prosecutions uh, for the same crime. And that's what's happening here. He was pardoned federally, but the state is saying, wait a fucking minute. It's still a crime in our state and we can still prosecute you. Bannon was accused of profiting by $1 million in this scheme. So he was collecting money to build the wall, but much like his buddy, his lord and savior, Donald Trump. Instead, he was shoving it in his pockets. The state will be handled in New York State Supreme Court by Manhattan District Attorney Elvin Bragg. A spokesperson for Bragg declined to comment when reached Tuesday evening, but three people familiar with the matter confirmed Bannon is expected to turn himself in on Thursday. Now, we've talked about Alvin Bragg before and about his unwillingness to go after Donald Trump, but that may be changing now because, of course, um, Alan Weisselberg, his CFO, is pled out. He's going to testify against the Trump organization in that trial. Um, But, of course, that organization's pretty small. He can't actually testify against this company, this Trump organization, without somehow testifying against Donald Trump. It's just a way of making it sound better. And given that Donald Trump is a dumb fuck, he'll buy into it. This is a way that uh, Alan Weisselberg can make it sound like he's not testifying against Donald Trump, but of course he is. 
the fact of the matter is, regardless of what they ask him, if they if he lies to them, he's going to jail for 15 years. If he doesn't, uh, he can't plead the fifth because he's already been convicted. So he's in no need of protection at this point. So Alan Weisselberg, as much as they're saying he's not testifying against Donald Trump, of course they're testify. He's testifying against Donald Trump, but. Elvin Bragg, the DA in the Manhattan District, isn't sitting on his hands. Now he's grabbing up Steve Bannon, and that should be entertaining. This guy doesn't quit talking. He gets convicted. He keeps talking. He's going to get a second conviction. And I'm going to tell you, this guy is going to end up in jail. He's got a federal crime. Now he's got a state crime. Steve Bannon will be taken out of the equation here shortly. And speaking about being taken out of the equation, New Mexico judge, a New, a New Mexico judge on Tuesday removed January 6th rioter and the Cowboys for Trump co-founder, I think it's Coy Griffin, from his elected post as a county commissioner for his role in the Capitol attack. He was a county commissioner in New Mexico, but he's also part of the Cowboys for Trump and was at the January 6th insurrection. The ruling was a result of a lawsuit seeking Griffin's removal, which alleged that he violated a clause in the 14th Amendment of the Constitution by participating in an insurrection against the U.S. government. He had been convicted of trespassing early this year. So people want to test this 14th Amendment. Well, here's where it worked. The historic ruling represents the first time an elected official has been removed from office for their participation or support of the U.S. Capitol riot. It also marks the first time a judge has formally ruled that the events of January 6th were an insurrection. That is precedent. And that might come into play with some of these other fucks, including Donald Trump. Now, the other thing about this 14th Amendment and taking this guy out of office, the county commissioner's job, uh, because it's the 14th Amendment, it also states that he can no longer run for any elected office. As far as politics, this fuck is out of business. The disqualification comes after unsuccessful challenges by liberal-leaning groups against prominent Trump supporters in the U.S. House of Representatives and Trump-backed candidates for state offices across the country. Griffin, one of three commissioners in Otero County, is also barred from holding any state or federal elected position in the future. State Judge Francis Matthew ruled on that Tuesday. Now, the irony... Uh, Mr. Griffin's argument that this court should refrain from applying the law and considering the will of the people in District 2 of Otero County, who retained him as a county commissioner against a recall effort as he attempts to defend his participation in an insurrection by a mob whose goal, by his own admission, was to set aside the results of a free and fair and lawful election by the majority of the people of the entire country, the will of the people. He has not escaped this court, Matthew wrote. Griffin, an ardent conspiracy theorist who refused to certify the state's primary election results this summer in Otero County, told CNN he's been ordered to clean out his office and attack the judge by by, uh, suggesting he is tyrannical. (laughs) Now he's just applying the Constitution to an appropriate situation. In this ruling Tuesday, Matthew wrote that Griffin's attempts to sanitize his actions are without merit and amounted to nothing more than an attempt to put lipstick on a pig. I always like that one. Griffin and his organization, Cowboys for Trump, spent months normalizing the violence uh, that may be necessary to keep President Trump in office and urging supporters to travel to Washington, D.C. on January 6th. Matthew wrote, including multiple inflammatory public speeches in which he likened the Stop the Steal movement to a war to keep Trump in office. In June, a D.C. federal judge sentenced Griffin to 14 days behind bars with time served and one year of supervised release after he was found guilty of trespassing on Capitol grounds during the riot. (laughs) Well, 
There is a perfect example of fuck around and find out. Now, this is a small guy in a small job. But as I say, there's some precedent set here. What he did by trespassing on the U.S. Capitol on January 6th, they didn't get him for anything violent or anything like that, just simply trespassing and being part of this organized effort to try to overthrow our government was enough to take him out of office by way of the 14th Amendment and also makes certain that he cannot run for any elected office again. Now, will this have effects or impact on other other trials? Well, it certainly could. They will use that as precedent, and that will be a problem for future trials. Well, here's some interesting news. You know, we talk about this. It's funny with Republicans. They were all about Donald Trump and all about overturning Roe v. Wade during the primaries when they were going up against other Republicans and getting Republican votes. But now it seems they want to take some of that back. Well, we don't really want to talk about overturning Roe v. Wade. That's just not convenient for us. And do we want Donald Trump on our side? Well, we don't want to piss him off, but at the same time, we don't want to act like we're supporting him because, well, he appears to be a treasonist. So that may not work for us. Donald Trump isn't going to like this, but Dr. Oz admits he would have approved certifying Joe Biden as president had he been in office of 2021. Now, I think that's different than what he said at one point, but he realizes that not certifying a fairly elected president is kind of a non-starter. It's going to be making it tough for him to get elected to office. He's got all other kinds of problems at that. But now he's changed his tune a little bit. Oh, sure, I would have certified Joe Biden as president had he been in office in 2021. Although the former president pushed Oz toward running for the Pennsylvania Senate seat that previously belonged to outgoing Republican Pat Toomey. Oz apparently doesn't believe Trump's big lie that the 2020 election was stolen, which is probably news to Donald Trump. During an interview with NBC's Von Hilliard, the former TV doc and rumored New Jersey resident said that if he had been in office when the election was certified, he would have objected to the congressional process that made Biden president. I would not have uh, would not have objected to it. By the time the delegates and those reports were sent to the U.S. Senate, our job was to approve it, which is what I would have done, Oz said. However, Oz also said he wouldn't have voted to impeach Trump had he been in office for the former president's second impeachment trial, which was for inciting an insurrection. I would not have voted in favor of impeaching President Trump. I think pre- the president was already leaving office by then, Oz told Hilliard. Oh, really? You don't think there should be some accountability or some punishment for poor behavior? Well, that's apparently where Dr. Oz's head is at. Although some voters might give Oz credit for his candor, his comments could come back to hurt him with Trump, whose major litmus test, Ross Story notes, is whether they back him as the 2020 winner. See, it turns out a lot of Trump fans aren't a fan of Dr. Oz. And if Donald Trump hears this and starts speaking badly of Dr. Oz, which he most likely would do, then that's going to spell trouble for Dr. Oz because no Democrat's going to vote for him. And if no Donald Trump fan is going to vote for him, that doesn't leave too many people to vote for Dr. Oz. And... uh that would suggest he's probably going to lose. And I think the polls pretty much identify that. The news website also noted that Oz seemed unfamiliar with the impeachment process. Only members of Congress vote on impeachment. If Oz had been senator at the time of the certification, he would have only voted whether or not to hear witnesses in the trial or if he wanted to acquit Trump. Some Twitter users on both sides suspect Oz's admission could cause him problems with both Trump and Trump followers. He's already got some problems with Trump followers. So, uh, yeah, I think it's going to cause him problems. 
especially since Dr. Oz made these remarks just a couple of days after the former president campaigned for him in Pennsylvania. Trump has not commented on Oz's admission as of Tuesday afternoon, but I'm thinking you're going to hear some shit because Donald Trump doesn't care about the Republicans, doesn't care about Dr. Oz. He only cares about Donald Trump. And if you have the audacity to speak out against Donald Trump, you will have Donald Trump's wrath, which is going to be entertaining, going to be very entertaining. Now, more people learning about fucking around and finding out newly obtained video shows the former head of Coffee County Republicans escorting members of a forensics firm hired by a Trump-allied lawyer into a Georgia elections office shortly before an alleged data breach in January 2021. You know, this is the ironic thing. We keep hearing Mike Lindell and Sidney Powell saying, what's the machines? They've been hacked. Well, it looks like only the Republicans are the ones that are fucking around with the machines, and now they're getting caught. The video, which was obtained by NBC News, shows Kathy Lehman, the chairman of the Coffee County GOP at the time, greeting and escorting members of the tech firm Sullivan Strickler into the office on January 7, 2021, the same day as the data breach that is under investigation by the Georgia Bureau of Investigation. Well, isn't that coincidental? I'm sure it's just a coincidence. I'm sure that had nothing to do with it. Yeah, right. The video shows scenes only from outside the office. NBC News has asked Holly Pearson, an attorney for Latham, and Sullivan Strickler for comment. Latham was one of nearly a dozen of George's fake electors. So she's got that on her ass already. She was a fake elector who sought to quash a subpoena to appear before the Fulton County Special Grand Jury that is hearing evidence in the criminal probe into possible 2020 election interference by former President Donald Trump and his allies. Well, see, that's the thing. It's not just about Donnie's call. Fonnie Willis... um, uh, Fonnie Willis is all over these fuckers, too. This is going to cause some problems for these people. Um, normal, regular people who thought they'd try to help out and become fake electors, well, they're going to be taken to task. They're going to be indicted. They're going to be prosecuted and likely convicted because they were, in fact, fake electors. They tried to pull a quick one over our government and, of course, no one bought into it, but the fact that they did that was um, was illegal, and they've got problems because of that. Let's talk about Hillary Clinton. Everybody loves talking about Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton on Tuesday hit back at comparisons between her use of a private email server while Secretary of State and former President Trump's handling of classified documents found in the FBI search. She said, I can't believe we're still talking about this, but my emails, Clinton said in a Twitter thread referring to scrutiny she faced since her 2016 presidential bid when then-candidate Trump and other Republicans made it a focus of their campaign against her. Former FBI Director James Comey admitted he was wrong after he claimed I had classified emails. Trump's own State Department under two different secretaries found I had no classified emails. That's right. Zero, Clinton wrote. By contrast, Trump has hundreds of documents clearly marked classified and the investigation just started. See, that's the thing. They keep talking about Hillary's emails. But we already went through this process. It was, as they say, a nothing burger. But they still want to bring it up as, as if it's still a thing. It is not. So she knocked the GOP's reference to the Clinton standard, the argument now touted by a number of Republicans that because Clinton didn't face prosecution for her handling of documents, Trump should neither. But the big difference here is that uh, the FBI, Donald Trump's FBI, said there were none. We know for a fact that Donald Trump did have 
top-secret documents, classified documents. Senator John Cornyn of Texas wrote on Twitter last week, Democrats and the FBI created the Hillary Clinton standard for non-prosecution of mishandling classified information. Will Donald Trump be held to a different standard? Now, Jesus Christ, here is a senator from the state of Texas who should know better. He either is stupid or he's lying. And talking about a stupid liar, Senator Lindsey Graham warned, in a Fox News appearance that if there is a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, there will be riots in the street. (laughs) After news of FBI search, Clinton touted, but her emails, merchandise, poking fun at the former president. And uh, we're going to start wrapping up the Rational Boomer podcast, but I wanted to talk about a couple couple things regarding Roe v. Wade. And uh, I was waiting to see if this was going to happen. Apparently, um, Republicans have not learned a lesson. Voters in a small number of states will decide in November how those states should handle the abortion issue. Abortion rights have taken on an increased significance and become a top focus in the midterm elections. Of course, after the U.S. Supreme Court's ruling this summer, that there was no longer a federal constitutional right to the procedure. In its August primary, Kansas was the first state in the nation, a very red state, to let voters weigh in on abortion since the high court overturned Roe v. Wade, and Kansans overwhelmingly chose to reject a state constitutional amendment that would have given lawmakers the green light to help enact more restrictive abortion laws. Now, there are four other states that are going to do this. California, Kentucky, Montana, and Vermont. They will consider ballot measures in November that seek to either restrict abortion or enshrine abortion rights. A proposed initiative in a fifth state, Michigan, is currently currently caught up in a dispute over making the fall ballot. Now, this is where the Republicans are showed their stupidity. We know that 70, 73% of the American public supported Roe v. Wade. They got all this thing done with the federal government because the Supreme Court is compromised with incompetent, partisan, criminal, corrupt fucking people on the Supreme Court. We basically don't have a Supreme Court anymore because there's nothing fucking supreme about them. So Kansas got a little cocky, and they put it out there, and um, it failed, much to the Republicans' surprise. Well, why would that be a surprise if 73% of the country support Roe v. Wade? But, see, they get it in their head, I think this way, so much, everybody must think this way. Well, Kansas found out the hard way that that wasn't fucking true. Now, in my mind, I would think Republicans would learn a lesson from this and say, yeah, let's not do that again because we'll just get fucked over on that deal. So when you look at Kentucky and Montana and maybe even Michigan, you wonder why would they do that? Now, California and maybe even Vermont, different story. They're probably doing it to rub the the, the Republicans' face in it because they know it's not going to pass and they know it's going to help protect abortions in their state. This is what the Republicans do. They make stupid choices. They double down. They triple down. They quadruple down. And they always fucking lose. I'm going to tell you what's going to happen with Roe v. Wade. We get through the midterms. It's already passed in the House. So if they get a large enough majority in the Senate, which they probably will, they only need like two more seats. Hold on to Warnock, which shouldn't be a problem because he's running against the dumbest man in America, that being Herschel Walker. Get two more seats, which is distinctly possible. Dr. Oz is not going to fucking win in Pennsylvania. Tim Ryan is probably going to win in Ohio. Just those two would be all that they maybe needed to uh, get enough of a majority. So at that point, they'll either be able to carve out the filibuster 
or do something with the filibuster and then codify Roe v. Wade. So after the midterms, we could be seeing the codification of Roe v. Wade. I think that's probably the plan. I think that's what we'll see. And the Republicans will be screaming their heads off. But we know the amount of people that don't like Roe v. Wade is maybe 20 or 24 percent. So fuck them. This is supposed to be majority rules and Trump fucks and the evangelicals and all these fucks are not in the majority. They should have no say about anything, particularly overturning Roe v. Wade. And that will be turned around, <clears throat> assuming everything goes as I expect in the midterms with the, with the Democrats uh, maintaining control of the House and the Senate and even expanding their majorities. So... It's going to be on some more ballots, and uh, it's not going to pass on any other ballots. Every state that puts this up, it's going to be a loser for those anti-abortion folks. All right, we're going to wrap things up for the Rational Boomer podcast. I want to thank you for taking the time out of your day to listen. I hope you have a great day, and we will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time.